Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday. It's the first day of September. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The latest Iowa drought monitor shows drought conditions have worsened in the state. State climatologist Justin Glisson says there's been an 18 percent increase in extreme drought conditions since last week's report. The big standout that we see on the map this week is a big expansion of that D3 extreme drought category across north central into northeastern Iowa. There's a persistent area of extreme drought in southeast Iowa as well. Small sections of Fremont and Ringgold counties are the only areas of Iowa considered to be drought-free. Glisson says nearly 99.5% of the entire state is now in some level of drought. With the long Labor Day weekend on the horizon, many Iowans will be heading to lakes in the state's parks, several of which are under an E. coli advisory. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer has more on what that means for holiday beachgoers. Iowa's Department of Natural Resources has advised against swimming in 11 lakes across the state since last week. The return of wildlife and agricultural runoff toward the end of the season has created an elevated risk for all types of harmful bacteria. Jason Palmer of the DNR's Water Quality Division explains that Natural Resources uses E. coli as a gauge for even harder to spot and even more dangerous microorganisms. We use E. coli bacteria primarily as an indicator of conditions where we might also see other pathogens or virulent bacteria that are of human health concern. The DNR has maintained last week's advisories as the heat wave jeopardized worker safety, though samples for next week have been collected. An Iowa teenager says he feared for his life when he fatally shot two fellow students at an alternative educational program for at-risk youth. The trial of 19-year-old Preston Walls began yesterday in Des Moines. His lawyer pushed back against a claim by prosecutors that the shooting was a premeditated attack on rival gang members. Walls is charged with two counts of first-degree murder, attempted murder, and criminal gang participation. Another teenager will be tried over the January 23rd shooting. It killed Gianni Damron and Richard Carr. The Starts Right Here Alternative School's founder was also seriously wounded. The Farm Bill sets crucial policy for food assistance, crop insurance, and more, and it's set to expire at the end of this month. Congress is unlikely to meet that deadline. And as Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rimbert tells us, they still need to decide how much money to spend on the bill. As the clock ticks closer to the Farm Bill's deadline, some in Congress are pushing to cut long-standing ag subsidies. Others are demanding higher payments for farmers. It all boils down to one thing. It's unclear how much the farm bill will cost. Illinois Congressman Mike Bost, a Republican, says he's hoping for a bill in line with recent years. The most budget neutral as possible and still maintain the integrity but understand that realistically, we know that it's going to be more expensive. Because of inflation and shifting crop prices, one estimate predicts that even without any changes, the 2023 Farm Bill would top $1 trillion for the first time ever. And in Ames, an Iowa State University committee's first vote would be to keep Carrie Chapman Cat's name on a campus building. Nine members of the committee voted to keep Cat's name on the building and six voted to remove it. The building was named in her honor in 1990 for her efforts to ratify the 19th Amendment, giving women the right to vote. 
The committee was formed in 2021 after accusations that Kat used racist language and tactics in her push to get the issue passed. The committee met 27 times to review multiple documents surrounding the 1880 ISU grad. There's now a public input period that will last through October 29th. This is Here First from IPR News. Support for IPR comes from The Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Ranchers across the Midwest and Great Plains are battling a federally protected bird. Black vultures have a reputation for killing newborn livestock. Harvest Public Media's Excret Nunez reports while the birds play an important ecological role, their expanding population is becoming a big nuisance for ranchers. And just a note, the description of how vultures kill their prey might be upsetting to some listeners. Driving his pickup truck through the bumpy pasture, Yancey Paul points to where he saw his newborn calf get eaten by black vultures last March. They killed that calf right down here. Before I could get to them, it was probably 40 or 50, just plucking at that newborn calf. Paul is a livestock producer in South Central Oklahoma, and he's among a growing number of farmers and ranchers who've reported black vulture attacks on vulnerable livestock. He says he'll never forget the gruesome sight. They just literally pick holes in them. I mean, they start with their eyes and in their backside and then just start pecking holes in their guts. Black Vultures' territory has expanded northward into Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois over the past decade, presenting new problems for producers. Not only do they lose out on thousands of dollars, but they grieve the violent death and the waste of time and effort that went into raising their livestock. Travis Grant is a wildlife biologist and state director of the U.S. Department of Agriculture Wildlife Services for Missouri and Iowa. While the migratory birds are originally from South America, Grant says there's not a lot of research on why they're moving north. One theory is warmer weather. The winters are a lot more mild than they ever have been in the past. And when you have a milder winter, then you have more food availability. They can then survive throughout the year in some of these areas and persist. Black vultures aren't an easy bird to scare away, and producers can't legally kill them without federal permission. That's because they're protected by the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service does issue permits allowing producers to kill a set number of black vultures per year. Grant says in Missouri, the legislature has invested in getting the word out about permits and how to keep vultures away. Here in Missouri, what they recommend to the landowners when they do take a black vulture is you go out and you hang it up as an effigy. You hang it by its feet upside down, wings splayed. Vultures are intelligent animals and they don't like being around their own dead. A black vulture effigy kind of acts like a scarecrow, and it's a strategy that some producers have found helpful. It's solved about 99% of my problems. Chris Cloud is a beef cattle producer in southwestern Missouri that got a permit to kill five black vultures this year. He says he's killed four so far and has hung them up in trees where groups of 10 to 20 black vultures tend to hang out at one time. He says it's helped him keep black vultures off his cows, but worries about his neighbors. The sad thing is, though, if I keep them off my property, all they're going to do is go to somebody else's property. Wildlife experts say there's still a lot unknown about black vulture attacks, including how often they really kill their prey. 
Marion Wall is a doctoral student at Purdue University and is researching black vulture management. It's very difficult to tell when black vultures are actually responsible for something and when they're just at the scene of the crime. They're very good at making themselves look guilty. She says figuring out whether a black vulture is the culprit or if the calf was stillborn can help ranchers determine whether their herds have health issues. But she says it's also important to recognize the ecological service black vultures provide to everyone. Black vultures are known as nature's garbage men. By feasting on carcasses, they destroy deadly diseases like rabies and tuberculosis. We really want to keep the vultures around here, keep them with their healthy populations. We just want to make sure that while we have those healthy populations, they're not also killing livestock. Wall says it's important to help livestock producers learn how to live with black vultures, because as long as the conditions are right, the bold birds are here to stay. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Excaret Nunez. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. Thanks for listening.